Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. You know, as dizzy as the transfer portal may be, I've got to believe as dizzy as it may be for you trying to keep up with the scholarship distribution. As we learned, Mm -hmm. Dylan Rathke is going to remain on scholarship, but it will be the medical hardship, which means, again, he can stay on scholarship, but if he wants to play football someplace else, it will not be at the University of Arkansas. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's kind of the, the deal there. I, I think that, you know, we've probably seen other players in college football. It's probably pretty rare, but guys that would take a medical hardship at one school and then end up transferring to another. But, yeah, Dylan Rathke's days of actually playing at Arkansas are, are finished right now. And, you know, just for the, for the total, let's see, I have them at – Let's see, 83 right now on scholarship. That's including all the changes that have recently happened. So technically that gives them room if they want to add a defensive tackle and a wide receiver. Uh, that gives them room to, to add two more players and, and still be right at the 85. So they seem to have the numbers right, um, you know, barring any, anything that I'm not, not catching here. So. And speaking of defensive linemen, one is expected for an official visit this weekend from the University of Memphis, and that's Morris Joseph, 6'2", 275 pounds. Uh, he entered the transfer portal back on February the 28th. Could this be the defensive lineman that Arkansas may be searching for? I think there's a strong chance. You know, we've kind of seen what they've done with guys, bringing them in, making sure that the measurements uh, are accurate. We saw, you know, one guy that they brought in a while back that, uh, wasn't quite the listed height, and they decided to move on a different direction. Um, you know, brought the guy in from Arkansas State, uh, Hampton Terry Hampton, and uh, saw that he measured out appropriately, and and went ahead and moved on him. And you know, it's probably a similar deal here. You know, I would, you, I think everybody would love to see them get another John Ridgeway type. Uh, probably not a lot of guys out there like that, but. Um, that would be probably ideal, but I think, you know, what we're seeing, what they're doing, you know, for lack of getting, you know, just a mammoth inside at, at defensive tackle, you know, they're getting, you know, if they get the guy from Memphis too, then that would be, you know, a couple of grown men, you know, guys that are you know, 23 years old probably, uh, the guys that have been playing college ball for a long time, guys that have been in a weight room a long time uh, and know how it's done. So, um I think a key thing there is, you know, that they would be adding some depth on the defensive line. If, if not, you know, able to go out and get uh, just a, a, you know, a massive interior guy, they're, they're certainly adding depth, and that's really important, especially if, you know, which we think they want to play a little bit more four-man front, play a little bit more man coverage on the back end. Uh, so maybe this will allow them to do that if they, if they get him to go with Hampton and, and who they already have on campus also. Trey, what are you seeing from the wide receiver position? I'm not seeing many, if any, names that are popping up. No. 
no, it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of names popping up just yet. And it could be end up being a situation where they just decide to go with the best player available or, you know, elevate a walk-on to scholarship. You know, I, I still think that there's a chance that there are, there are guys that are on the roster right now that, you know, could move on from football or, or other things like that. You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I guess, to enter the portal at this point. But, uh, you know, I think a, a, a few things like that could possibly happen to, to give you a little bit more room here and there. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of um, direct activity with one particular player at wide receiver yet. I guess the uh, Addison, Jordan Addison, the young man from Pittsburgh, is that even on the radar? I don't think so, Randy. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's happening. Let's check with uh, Rick. Rick, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Oh yes, I do. Uh, it's, it's it's good to be here, and uh, I'm a Razorbacks fan, and I think everything's going great up there on the hill and all sorts. And uh, as far as recruiting, uh, I think if we can shore up the defensive line a little bit, I think we got great receivers coming back. I I was up there and. Uh, I go up there as much as I can from over here in East Arkansas. And I, but I think that's going to be okay. Uh, uh, my main question, uh, i got a couple of them, is uh, uh, as an old coach and a retired principal for Bryant, uh, I don't think I could ever let Hornsby get off the field. I think him and KJ and uh, the offensive line, if we could shore up the defensive line, uh, with Bumper Pooh and uh, some of them guys coming back, I think we're going to be okay in that big five uh, every week. And the, uh, of course, we got a great tough schedule as usual, and even tougher this next year. Go Pittman is on that part. Uh, my second question is, how is Bumperman going to keep all them great kids from transferring out after one year or going pro? And that's what I got to leave it with. What was your What was your first question? Is uh, how uh, I want to make sure uh, y'all think Hornsby. Uh, he should be on the field all the time with KJ. Yeah, he's such a great athlete. I think he should be on there a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. And then my second question. Well, we got to shore up the defensive line, and I think Coach Pittman's going to do that. Uh, got great coaches, all of them coming back. And then my second question was, how is Musselman going to keep everything with all them four and five happy and keep them in uh, with the transport portal and everything and and how the NIL does? How's he going to keep them there at the university? Well, I can answer you. I'll answer your first your your second question first, and that is that he's not going to keep everybody happy. Not everybody's going to be happy. Musselman, I don't, I don't care what people. So it seems like every year they're going to play about eight guys. I mean, that's, right. that's what he's going to do. And so yes, he's sir. got some guys that are, you know, are going to compete for playing time, and that's what he had this year. It took him, you know, this past season a long time to to mix everything right. up. But I think what we saw. At the end of the season, is yeah, everybody's happy to get to the Elite Eight, but not everybody's happy with their playing time. And you saw a lot of players transfer. Um, each right, each right. of Musselman's rosters since he's been here three years, each one has looked 
pretty dramatically different. You know, just oh, a few holdovers from too. the previous group, and that's what we're seeing heading into this year, this next year. And um, you know, with the guys with the talent that, that are coming in, that's a very good chance that what we, what we could see uh, again looking ahead to twenty three, twenty four. Uh, a bunch of new faces, right, a couple of holdovers from the from the previous group. Right, um, right. Some guys transferring out, some guys declaring, all that kind of stuff. As far as Hornsby, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think that. Thank you, Rick. He just got too much speed. He, I think, he showed in spring drills that he can get it done at wide receiver. He made several big plays and and against the number one defense. Also, you know, I'm talking about just burning people, just you know, just go routes and just. You know, not a whole bunch of fancy stuff. Plus, you can do a lot with him with end of rounds, uh, with line, you know, shifting him over to quarterback and shifting KJ out, let him just take direct snaps, let him, you know, run some RPO stuff. I think there's a lot of different things that you can do with Hornsby and Jefferson on the field at the same time. Double passes, you could do that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it, it would be fun. To do that, I think it'd be fun to watch. I think it'd be fun for the guys to to be involved in a system like that. Um, you know, you just got to hope that Hornsby embraces it and that Arkansas feels good about Kate Fortin or Kate Renfro uh, to to play some if something were to happen and you know they had an injury or something. So I, I think just on its own, it makes a lot of sense to put Hornsby at wide receiver just because he does have he's, he's electric. I mean, he's he may be the fastest quarterback in the country, literally. It's almost like playground where you draw something up in the dirt. Yeah. You were talking about double passes and this, that, and the other. Uh, KJ lines up out in the, as a receiver and so forth and so. That, that sounds like stuff mm-hmm. we did on the playground where uh, you just had a lot of fun mixing and matching things. But uh, you know, it's a little bit organized than what we did on the playground. But uh, I think you get the idea. Uh, let's talk with uh, Jason. Jason, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Hey, guys. Uh, I wanted Trey uh, to kind of go inside the head of uh, Kendall Browse as much as he can. Um, when, in terms of his play calling, uh, do they, does he go into the game with, you know, hey, we're going to script the first five to ten plays or what have you, or is he kind of going off the cuff? You know, that play worked in the first quarter. Let's go back to it. Uh, or maybe a little mixture, uh, particularly uh, uh, kind of the piggyback on that. Um, in terms of personnel, I know a lot of times uh, we wanted to get certain backs in the game. And uh, it's, we got we got a stable of backs back there. In terms of rotating them, is Pittman in his ear or, or – what are the dynamics of, of how all that works as you understand it, Trey? Well, they're going to have probably, like most schools, the first 15 or so plays are going to be scripted. So they, they know, you know, what they're going out and running and they, you know, can practice and everything. Um, as far as Pittman's influence, he will chime in here and there, you know, but generally it's, it's going to be Kendall Browse's offense, but Pittman may say, hey, you know, you got – you got two chances to get it here, you know, third and fourth down. If you don't get it on third, you, you got a chance to get it on fourth. We're going to go for it, you know, chime in, something like that. Or uh, let's get a running play here. Or let's get a passing play here. Uh, I know that he said several times, you know, and this may be more of a, a Jimmy Smith deal, but last year, game after game, when Dominic Johnson was finishing with six carries and, uh, and like, lead them in rushing, uh, you know, he 
said several times, you know, I want to get Dominic Johnson more involved, you know, I want to get him more involved and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you know, Pittman's not going to say, let's run this play. I don't think, but he may say, Hey, let's, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's run this type of play, uh, things like that. But it's, you know, he's made it very clear. You know, Kendall Browse runs the offense, Barry Odom runs the defense and, you know, he runs the, he runs the team. He plays the, the orchestra. And in terms of rotating those backs, is it is that kind of Kendall's call, or or how how does that work, Trey? Yeah, I, I would imagine that's you know more of a Jimmy Smith um, call on on how they're rotating. But they talk about all this stuff, you know, what the game plan is, how many carries they, you know, or how much action I should say. Sometimes you you have the intent to get a guy so many carries, but you know, in this day of RPO. That may not be what the look is, you know, so you, you may see more quarterback, you know, throwing the ball and keeping it throwing. So, yeah, they have an idea of, you know, how they want to do things from, you know, a rotation standpoint. That's all communicated before the game, you know, and then, of course, at halftime you make your adjustments. Well, in terms of play calling, that's probably why Coach Browns makes way more money than I do. I, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. you know, as quickly as they're running plays, he's probably got to be thinking almost – you know, a play or two ahead yeah. uh, in terms oh, you of, you know, to. just to keep that three offense plays. rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. you got you to be hey. three plays ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Jason. They get together as a offensive staff and defensive staff game morning, and they pretty well script a lot of this out, did they not, Trey? I mean, you, you mentioned oh, yeah. maybe and the first 15, the week, I mean, 10, 15 plays, but I think they pretty well script all the way down to the rotation and how they want to work in certain backs, certain packages, the whole nine yards. So they've they kind of got yeah. an idea if there's something on how they, they want the game they to flow. Emphasize that stuff that they've emphasized in the past that maybe didn't get applied properly in the last game, you know, they'll – Make sure that they double down on that and try to emphasize those things. Yeah, okay. I mean, so many things that we probably can't. I mean, <laughs> even mm-hmm. in your your full length show, we probably couldn't get into all of it. All the things that they're, you know, they're touching on pregame, and probably wouldn't understand it anyway. Even if we did know what they were <laughs> wanting to implement, let's talk to Dave. Dave, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Yeah. Hey, guys. My question for Trey would be with Malik playing wide receiver with the motion stuff, don't you think defense has to go more basic and reveal their hands? Well, I'll, I know this. Whenever Hornsby is in the game and he does anything, the defense yells out rock and roll. And I don't know what that means exactly, but it's a signal <laughs> that, hey, everybody keep your head on a swivel. You know, something's about to go down here. So, I mean, in this day and age, anyway, the defense has to kind of reveal their hand. I mean, there's no more, hey, you line your offense up and we'll line our defense up. And, you know, now it's just, I mean, you have to go so fast. You don't have, you don't have much opportunities to, to disguise stuff, really. So it's kind of the way the game is and one of the advantages the offense has anyway. All right, thanks. Thank you, Dave. Sorry about that. Um, when we let's go back, Trey, if we can, to this uh, scholarship distribution that you talked about a few moments ago. 
you are still anticipating, and this is kind of something I'd like for you to clear up, if more players continue to leave, would that not open up, let's say three players decide they want to leave? And you mentioned 83 a few moments ago. Would that not bring them down to 80, which in essence means that Arkansas conceivably could add five if they so choose? Well, it depends on how they do it. They've got two spots left, and I'm still not sure how they have two. I think I, I, the way I had it in my head, they had one spot, but they have two. Gordon Pittman, he said that many times. So they have two spots left for the recruiting class, you know. Um, so that doesn't allow them, at least at this point, with the rules the way they are, with the 25 and 7, 25 and 32 rule, um, that wouldn't allow them to add any more for the class. However, what they could do is what they did with Warren Thompson and Trey Williams last year. They didn't do in-home visits. They didn't host those guys for official visits. Uh, so technically, by NCAA standards, they were unrecruited. And so they enrolled and then were put on scholarship and placed ahead to this class of 2022. So they could do that with players, but they couldn't bring anybody in on scholarship beyond two more and still fit under the recruiting class. Now, there has been talk about the future, maybe early as next year, uh, to just do away with the, with the 25 rule altogether because mm-hmm. – you know, with the transfer portal and stuff, you just you just can't make up for it. Or do the 25 and just however many players you have transfer out, that's how many you can replace, not up to seven. Because, I mean, you're still going to run into schools with, with problems getting back up to the number. So I think that's probably what we're going to see happen is teams just, you know, you can sign as many players as you want. You just got to stay under the 85 total. That's, I think, where a lot of folks, including myself, get confused because really what you're saying, it's that 25 that basically you're operating under right now. It's the 25 and then... Plus seven. Plus seven, yeah. And then seven, yeah. If you have have up to seven players transfer out, then you can sign up to seven additional past the 25. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's a lot of numbers. I mean, this would just do away with all those confusing numbers and stuff and say, hey, you just got to have under 85. You just got to have under 85 on scholarship total, and you can sign however many you want, just as long as, as long as you're under 85. That should be, that's probably how it's got to be with the, with the way things are with the, the current state of the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, what about LSU? How, how, if they even, yeah. Are they even close for to basketball. 85? Uh, what about for basketball? Yeah, basketball started with zero, thing. and all we know is they, they yeah. got two from Murray State. How many more have they gotten? I don't know. But they in basketball, you can get 13 new ones every year. Yeah, yeah. They would be in trouble if it was the, what was it, five? Yeah, it used to be five. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't that yeah, long ago that be, either. That would be trouble. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That is, uh, I mean, I, I just – I understand the blue shirting, what you're talking about, but that to me is so vague. I mean, how many times can are you not going to want to go visit a player at his home or bring him on campus? Yeah, and you just got to basically get somebody to do this. And it's just a loophole. I mean, you're obviously it's just a loophole. You're obviously recruiting the guy. You may have gone down and evaluated him. You know, 
he may have taken an unofficial visit to the school. Right. But since he didn't take an official, and since you didn't officially in home with him, then he's unrecruited. That would get rid of that language also, which I'm not a fan of either. It's just a loophole. Silly. 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 All right, Trey, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk with you on Monday. That's Trey Media. Okay, Fox Sports.com be brought to you by Azure Record Service.